Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's waste no time. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now, of course, uh, former Jazz head coach, the great Frank Layden with us on The Big Show. Hi, Frank. How are you today? Good. How are you guys doing? Hey, hey Frank. Doing well. Uh, well, good. I'm glad you're working. <laughs> us too, Frank. Us too. Is that work? I, it beats working, and beats not working. Facts. That is the exactly. truth. Exactly. Well said. Hey, Frank. Uh, we we're glad you had a chance to join us. We have a lot to talk to you about today. We thought a good place to start. Gordon uh, wrote a column a couple months ago uh, about you, and I, I thought it was your perspective on the the COVID nineteen situation. And it was a great column, and we loved your thoughts. I was hoping maybe you would share your thoughts and your great perspective on what we're facing uh, in uh, in our world right now. Well, there's no doubt. You know, we're caught in something that we've never experienced before. And so there's bound to be mistakes. Uh, there's also uh, bound to be some some heroes. You know, uh, this doctor, what's his name, uh, Clouchy, uh, uh, he, he's, he's our new hero, you know, and there's going to be other people that are going to uh, come up with a, with a cure or a, a certainly some kind of a vaccine that's going to going to help us and their name will be will be held in in, in great esteem for all time uh there's going to be a downtime uh you know like i say uh you know we talk about spikes and and letdowns and and uh, you know we we're, we're we're also worried about our financial status and and uh you know and and it, it's a it's a terrible thing but it's a tremendous learning system and let's hope we do learn by it and we're able to deal with it in the future and uh and be able to trust one another too is very important uh this is this is an equalizer uh, in which the virus doesn't care what color you are they don't care uh what nationality you are they don't care where you live or what you do uh, it just comes in and makes you sick and and in a lot of cases kills you it's not prejudice or one bit Speaking of being prejudiced, uh, what do you think of the world around us as far as bringing awareness to social injustice? Well, I, 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 again, that's that's very well put. It's making us, it's re, uh, making us re-aware. I mean, we've we've been talking about this, you know, uh, going back after. I remember, you know, of course, I was just a youngster after World War II, uh, when when we have to remember that, say, Jackie Robinson. Uh, when there was a vote by the major leagues at that time, there was only 16 teams, and they met in the, in the uh, Waldorf Astoria in New York to vote whether the Dodgers could sign and use Jackie Robinson because of his color. 
Now, I mean, you know, we had just fought, uh, you know, we had just fought against all sorts of evil and everything. When you think about what happened to the to, to the Jewish people uh, at the hands of the of the Nazis, and uh, we saw the concentration camps and everything else, we come back here, and we have to vote as to whether we're going to let this veteran uh, athlete, American citizen, be able to say whether he can play baseball or not. And of course, uh, he, he he did play, and it was a it was a step by happy uh, uh, happy. Uh, I think the the the, uh, the commissioner of baseball then was happy. I can't think Chandler? of it. Happy Chandler. Happy Chandler, mm-hmm. and you know he he lost his uh, standing in in Kentucky and what have you. But he stood up for what was right, and he said that after a vote of uh, of uh, sixteen to uh, fifteen to one. Not to let Jackie Robinson play, and he overrode that uh, thing, and and Jackie Robinson, of course, broke through. And you know, we know what Jackie Robinson did. It, it, it opened doors for for women's rights and and immigrants, and I mean, for so many people, uh, and and for the 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 African Americans and and what have you. It, uh, it he was a tremendous, tremendous man. And, I always remember what he said on his, uh, it's on his tombstone, or what he said, I think, are maybe the most important words ever said in all time, when he said a life is only as important as the impact it has on other lives. And, uh, you know, when I think about uh, the, the deaths that we've had recently to African Americans, that those, those lives will make an impact that will have that will last for all time there's no there's no doubt there's no there's no place for it in our society or anywhere in the world but uh, but it's there and let's hope that we we learn this bit of lesson and and we know better in the future frank i thought of you uh as i watched uh, for, the movie 42 the other night about jackie robinson and they showed Ebbets Field or some CGI yes. version of it. And I thought of you and something you told me probably 25 years ago, and that is when the Dodgers moved out of Brooklyn, it, is, it broke your heart, right? And it yes. changed sports. Yes, it, it, it was very interesting. It changed sports because it no longer was sports. It was big business. And they, they, went, they went off and, and, uh, and because of money. You know, and again, by the way, you know, even now, when when you listen, uh, you know, about uh, uh, the sports that are going on, we're worried about whether baseball is going to start and they're debating and everything else. It's always about money. But you notice that one of the very important partners, we have the owners who make a tremendous investment and sometimes their whole livelihoods, is, you know, all sports are not alike. Some people invest in some sports that that seem to never make money. But however, they uh, they the people who, who who we go about we look at, for instance, and then we have the players. They are partners uh, in in this uh, in this association with the owners, and the third partner is the one who could have the most to say. And and would would be uh, of course uh, is the producer of the money is is the is the fans, and I never hear the fans mentioned. You know, it's always it's always the players. How many games are we going to play? How many you know? Uh, if they want, you know, I haven't heard this in basketball. 
You know, they're talking about load management. I haven't heard this yet. They're worried about how many games they're going to play and the playoffs and all these things, back-to-backs and everything else. Hey, Gordon, why not shorten the game? Maybe the game is too long. All right, would that be easier on the players? I don't know, but I've never heard anybody mention it. But you know what? It's a shame that, that there isn't more concern for the people who love these sports. Hey, are you guys are familiar with that they want to do away with minor league baseball. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and wouldn't that be a tragedy? I mean, I, I, I think, and this is probably crazy, because Gordon and I, like he said, we go back 30 years, we're talking about Ebbets Field, and he knows I was at Jackie Robinson's first game. Uh, and that was, that was, I didn't understand how important it was then, as I do now. But isn't it, isn't it interesting that... Uh, when we look at, at at professional sports and what is important to us and what isn't, I would say this, and you guys can, can quote me, and you can say, yeah, Layden's nuts, we always know it. Minor league baseball is more important than major league baseball. Hmm. Is that crazy? What's your reasoning there, Frank? Because of all the little towns. Right. How about the people, how many people, how many people ever really saw Babe Ruth? I mean, it's like voting for Abraham Lincoln or something. No one ever saw the guy. But, I mean, everybody gets their chance to see, see baseball in these little towns where, where, you know, so many people, so many more people play in minor league baseball, get a chance to say, I played professional baseball, you know. And, and in so many communities, this is, this is the families going to the games together at a reasonable price. And enjoying night night baseball was was bigger in, in in the minor leagues than it was in the major leagues. It was there first, you know. So I, I just I just think that uh, we forget about the fans. We forget about you know someone says, oh yeah, well we'll cut back on on the on minor league teams and everything. Well, is that fair to the people in Ogden who have who have grown up on baseball and had the Dodger farm team up there for years? And you know it's professional baseball. It's it's a it's a it's a high quality game at an inexpensive uh, that's inexpensive to watch. So you can take your family, and you can take a you can go there and have a picnic. You know that's why I say it's more important than, than Major League Baseball. And they want to do away with it. These millionaires want to do away with it. There has to be some sacrifice too. You know. I'll tell you, Frank, I like the teams that have stepped up to pay those minor leaguers this yes. year. Regardless, yeah, it's cool. Some have it. Of course. And, and it's an investment in their futures. You know, and, and yet sometimes you have to look and say, you know, I have to step up and do things, even, even though it may not be in my best interest, but I, I don't think we're ever going to have to have a dinner thrown for the owners or a parade for them, you know what I mean? Uh, they they make their they make their money, and, and I, I I'm not saying hey they don't, you know. But I, but I'll tell you what, any guy that thinks that baseball is a bad investment, and he's sorry he got in it, he can give his team to me. I'll take it. The great Frank Layden on with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And uh, Frank, our community lost a good one a couple, uh, couple of weeks ago in Jerry Sloan, of course. And this is the first time we've had a chance to talk to you. Can you relay some maybe feelings or, or thoughts about oh, sure. uh, uh, the yeah, loss? Yeah, I mean, when we talk about Jerry Sloan, 
We're talking about a giant. And you know what? With Jerry, it was never about the money either. He loved basketball. He loved professional basketball. He loved every part of it. You know, he was a guy that supported the officials. And, you know, he fought with them a lot, but he supported them. He, 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 he was a guy that wanted to get them more money. He, he supported the players. The hardest thing Jerry ever had to do in his life was to tell the young man that he was cutting him. You know, he knew a lot of times that, you know, it, it wasn't like you cut a player or you trade a player or you cut a player that you know is going to hook up with another team. But how about when you cut a player who his whole life has been, been playing basketball so that he could get a chance to play in the pros? And when you cut him, you know that he's done, that he goes home. And there's more of those than, than are kept or make other teams. And that used to, that bothered Jerry so much. You know, he, he just, he hated it. You could see his whole, when it came time to cut down the squad, he just, his whole attitude had changed, you know? And uh, that's how he, he loved players. He loved people who were in, uh, in the game. And, and he loved professional basketball. I was, that was the biggest thing of all. I mean, I like professional basketball, but I also, I, I, I think I, I probably love uh, love the, uh, the the college game more. I don't know, you know, but... But uh, but he loved he loved the pro pro basketball. He loved everything about it. Frank, did you see all this in Jerry when you hired him after he'd been fired in Chicago? No, no, no. All I saw, all I knew about Jerry, is what I had seen of him as a player. The few times I had met him when he was scouting for us, it was a recommendation to take him that came from Phil Johnson. Phil Johnson was the one that said, "Hey, we, you know, get, let's get, let's help Jerry out. Keep him in the game, keep his name alive." And he's he's out of work. And I said, "Okay." And we we brought him in as a scout. And he just he was on his own wherever he wanted to go, whatever he wanted to do. He we trusted him one hundred percent to go out. We know he'd do a good job. I met him a couple of times. I knew him by reputation. I had seen him play. Uh, when I was with Atlanta, and I knew he was a tough guy, and 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 he played hard and what have you. I knew his reputation, but when when he came to us, uh, you know, I'll never forget. He said, "I want a coach." I mean, and he didn't, you know. I mean, I don't think we we talked about his contract. He didn't care. He says, "You know, I want a coach. Teach me, teach me everything you can." You know, and and I don't know if I told this story before, but this is. This, to me, is, is one of the, the nicest things and greatest things that ever happened to me. When I resigned, all right, and it was in the middle of the season, I stepped back. It was a little bit of a surprise to a lot of people, including the lovely Barbara Layden. It was a good <laughs> surprise for her. She was happy about it. But anyway, what happened was when I resigned, you know what Jerry said? Hey, Coach, you know, if in two weeks... You, you're not tired anymore, and you've and you, you thought it over and everything, and you decide to come back, you just tell me. I'll step aside. Wow. He said, no, I'll be happy to be your assistant for the rest of my career. Wow. And, and, you know, I mean, that to me was unbelievable. He said, I know how you feel now. You're tired, you're this, you're that. You're fighting with the refs and everything. And he said, but if you decide that, that hey, I made a mistake, I want to come back, he said, I'll step aside. I'll be happy to do that, and we'll just go on the way we were. 
And he said, if I never get a head coaching job, I'd be very happy to be your assistant for the rest of my career. Wow. I mean, that's, that to me, that's a real friend, you know. That was something special. Frank, but Jerry uh, was a special guy. Yeah. He was. He was He was one of those guys that intellectually was very strong. He had strong feelings. He was a patriot. He was a he was a tough guy. He and and he was fair, you know. And and I can remember him him in in restaurants, you know, picking up tabs, all right, and giving the waitress a hundred percent tip to a point where they say, "Oh, wait a minute, uh, sir, there must be some mistake here." You know, you you and he'd say, "No, there's no mistake. Thanks for what you do. You did a great job. We 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 love it." I mean, you know, those things don't appear in his uh, his resume or his his uh, his history, but that's the truth. And he did that a lot of times. He paid the people a hundred percent tip, and he took care of the little people. He took care of the the waitresses and the cab drivers and the and the and the, and the, the guy the the bellman at the in the hotels and the the red caps at the airports. They loved him because he he was he was fair to them. He knew that that's where he came from, and he knew what, how hard his father worked it, how hard his mother worked. And he talked about them. He talked about his family and, and growing up on a farm often. And not, you know, it's not like, oh, you know, I, every day I went to school, it was snowing, or I had to walk uphill. No, that wasn't the way it was. He always was very thankful for where he grew up and what he had. But he always felt like, that we're burdened with the idea that we've got to give back. You know, and he was just a special guy. Frank, Obviously, uh, the Hall of Fame recognized that. Yeah. And I have, not, I have not ever met a single person who said they didn't like Jerry. I mean, I never even saw anybody that thought, oh, you know, he's overrated, or he's this, he's that. Everybody ever said was happy for his success. Because they knew he was a guy who gave everything he had, and and uh, when you give everything you have, you should get something back. You know what I mean? You guys work hard. You're very good at what you do, but you work at it. You don't come in and just uh, and just uh, let it fall on you. You're prepared. You get ready, and and it shows in the quality of work that you do. Frank, uh, last thing from from me. I don't know if Jake has anything else, but I. You being the person that you are, I wondered if do you have some advice for everybody to to, to make them feel positive moving forward in uh, in sort of this uh, swirling crazy world we live in right now? What would you say to our listeners that might give them a lift? You know what I think. You have to believe in our country. You have to believe in our traditions. You have to believe in our customs. You have to believe in our past. And and we sure we have some bad apples, and we have some things that we're not proud of, and we, and we don't we don't feel good about. But they are overwhelmingly are are are, are things that we are we have looked at, we have studied, and we have overcome. And we're going to overcome this now. We've been hit hard now with with the racial problems. We've been hit hard with the with the uh, pand- pandemic. 
And, you know, we're going to overcome these things. And you know what's going to happen just as it has before, when we had a depression before. And I could go back, I guess, to the Civil War, to the, to the, to the Revolution, to the Civil War, to the, to the Depression, to World War One, uh, World War Two. When we were over, we were better. We were stronger. And I think that that's going to happen here, too. I think that, uh, that this, this racial unrest has been an awakening to us. There's no place for racism in a country that is expect, expects to be free and a true democracy. It just doesn't work. And our leaders and our, our, our uh, professional uh, politicians, uh, they have to learn that or else we're going to kick them out of office. It's that simple. And so anyway, I, I just think that we're going to be better for this. We're going to be stronger. This is going to be a better United States. Uh, than it ever has been before. I hope I hope the lessons that we can hand down to our young people about their responsibility to carry on, all right, the, 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 the good things about this country and to never forget those things that we lived through that weren't so good. You know, we'll get over the we'll get over the sickness. That will that'll come and pass and there may be another one somewhere out there, uh, at some other time somewhere else. We'll overcome that, uh, but the, the the racial inequality and the and the racism, no, there's no place for it, and and, and it's not fair. Uh, you know, it, it just it just isn't right, and and I don't think we should uh, we should allow it. And I'm I'm proud to see things like getting rid of the Confederate flag at the races and taking down the statues and anything. any reminders of those things should re- be removed from our our, our lives. And, and and should be applauded, and uh, you know, and we'll get by. We'll get by. It's it's it's. There's going to be some tough times and hard times, and uh, I don't know, maybe maybe financial problems and what have you. But but we'll get over it. I really believe it. I think we're 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 special people, and I think there's there's a lot of Jerry Sloans out there. I think there's a, you know, as I mentioned once before, there was, Jerry Sloan was at the Alamo. Jerry Sloan was at the river. He was at the Battle of the Bulge. He was he was at Dunkirk. He, you know, he was everywhere. And and those kind of guys are gonna are gonna pull us through this. I really believe it. Well, Frank, we always benefit from your thoughts and perspective. Thank you very very much. And for then coming you know on. what? Remember what I said before, because these are these are what Jackie Robinson said. I is is. Everybody has a responsibility, and I've always think this, and I, and I, th- I think, uh, Gordon, you've heard me say this before, that when I go out every day, every single person I meet, all right, I hope that they will have a positive experience and will be better for us getting together. And it may be, you know, I pass some lady in the halls of my apartment here, and, uh, hello, how are you? Oh, don't you look nice today? You have something positive to say. Be positive. Be, you know, forget the negative things. Have a sense of humor. Have a laugh every day, you know. And and it, it, it's amazing at how far that'll that'll get you, and, and people will respect you. And and you know, I, I just think it's important, you know, to to laugh and have fun and and to have strong convictions and 
And our schools, uh, you know, be proud of your school, your school colors. Your, you know, it starts there. They're proud of your nicknames and your, and your teams and your teachers and your coaches. And, and then it goes right on up the line to, to uh, you know, our, our, our politicians have to earn that respect. But they can do it, too. So we're going to be fine. And we're lucky we live here because this is a good place to start. This, this is a great state with great people. And uh, we could use a little work in the sports uh, reporting department. But other than that, we're, we're pretty good. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. You're the best. Be well. Thanks, Frank. Okay, guys. Stay good. Hey, one of these days, they're going to stop paying you, too. <laughs> one of these <laughs> <Yeah>. days. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Oh, man. That's Coach Frank Layden uh, with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And uh, like I said, I think we all benefit from uh, Coach's thoughts and perspective. He has a, a certain way of communicating that uh, I find helpful. <laughs> I don't know how you couldn't. Right. I don't know how you could. And I did like your – how long ago was that now, Gordon? A couple months. I did like your column uh, you did with yeah. him a couple months a while, ago. A while back, yeah. yeah. He was – it's always a pleasure uh, talking to Frank. And he – Frank, Frank – uh, People think of him as being a funny guy, but he is very, very serious as far as what he feels strongly about. And uh, he, I think people should listen to what he has to say. Sometimes when you've lived as long as Frank has, you know a few things. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to the Drisdom brothers. Uh, Gordon, we're very excited about this. We're going to talk to, of course, Tim, who we've had on the show before, and he's uh, coaching at Intermountain Christian School, the former Ute. Uh, he's going to join us with his brother, Terrence. And, uh, Gordon, they've written uh, a song that is out there and going viral and has a, a really good message, and we want to share that uh, coming up next. And we do want to get an update on Tim and the situation that he dealt with uh, as head coach at uh, at Intermountain Christian School. And that's the reason we had Tim on the last time, Gordon. And so we'll get an update uh, on that story as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, of course, our good friend Gabe from Syringa Networks. Check him out, syringanetworks.net. That's S-Y-R-I-N-G-A, syringanetworks.net. And Gabe, you want to help folks adapt to this new situation because telecommunication is what you guys do. That is correct. Yeah, we offer a wide variety of uh, telecom services and IT services as well, from hosted voice phones to uh, Internet access to ways to connect offices together and platforms to help your remote workers. Well, let's talk about uh, the IT side of things, because I love this about you guys, Gabe. You know, if folks need help, they pick up the phone uh, 24-7 and can get somebody on the other end to help them with whatever they need. That is correct. That's uh, one of our one of our claims to fame. There is the fact that we do have highly trained and skilled technicians and engineers uh, sitting waiting on our on at our network operations center, uh, just in case uh, something should go wrong or you need a consultation or you're thinking about uh, uh, making some changes on your network. Our our team is uh, always ready to help. All right, jump online, syringanetworks.net. Find out what they can do for you, S-Y-R-I-N-G-A, syringanetworks.net. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll catch up uh, with Gabe a little bit later on in the show. Coming up next, we'll talk to the Drisdom brothers. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What have we come to? Where is the love? We need direction from God above. Just one. Throw in the towel. What is the use in going?
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This song, Hold On, Gordon, is the subject of our next interview. Uh, let's get out of the Sprint special guest line, or I should say Sprint special guest lines. Sprint. Uh, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Uh, joining us now, Gordon, of course, friend of the show, uh, former Ute basketball player Tim Drisdom, current coach at Intermountain Christian School. Also joining us, his brother, Terrence Drisdom, who is also a basketball player, uh, played in the NBA G League and other professional leagues as well, but also is a songwriter and performer, uh, performing under the stage name Ernie, E-R-N-E. He is Terrence Drisdom, also with us here on The Big Show. Guys, thank you very much for a few minutes. Congratulations on the song. Hey, thanks for having us. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Hey, Terrence, let's let's start with you. Talk about this song, where it came from, and the the writing process. Um, well, uh, Tim actually is the one that uh, initially wrote it uh, some years ago. Maybe I want to say twelve years ago. Um, and recently, he brought it to all of us. Uh, I had just gotten sent back from playing in Mexico um, due to the coronavirus and stuff like that. And so I was in here. I'm, I'm usually in here when I'm back at home. Uh, I'm in the studio a lot. And so he came in here one day just to kind of uh, present it to me and, and see uh, if we could do something with it, just, you know, on a generic level. But um, as time went on and things started happening uh, more and more with uh, society, we kind of figured that we wanted to actually do something more with it and give it a chance for uh, other people to listen to it as well. And so we made it a project with me and him and, and uh, our brother CJ and his wife, Anise, um, and our other brother, Chris, just as a family thing. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how it all got started. And he asked me to write a verse for it. I did. And then he asked me to write another one and I did. And, and we kind of just made it into a project as a family. Now, you kind of touched on this here, but uh, I'm curious to know, you guys are both accomplished basketball players, coach, whatever, uh, doing all these other things. How did you discover you were good at music? Um, Well, we've grown up doing music, actually. Uh, All of my brothers play instruments. Um, They've grown up, we've all grown up in the church, just, you know, in the choir and doing something like that. I wasn't blessed with uh, the ability to play an instrument, um, but I figured out a way to, to make music, um, you know, through the computer, make beats and produce and stuff like that. And so after I kind of came into myself as a producer, um, I think that's when they started to kind of uh, realize that we could all do something now officially together. Um, but it's always been in our family for, you know, since, since before I was born, for sure. Tim, uh, you, your brother mentioned you did uh, the writing on this song. No big deal. The the Bob Dylan of high school basketball coaches <laughs> writing songs. Talk, talk to us about the inspiration and what went into it. Yeah, as, as parents, the Bob Dylan, I, I'm trying to shake that real quick. Um, <laughs> the, um, no, parents kind of mentioned it. It was a song that I started um, some years back. And then, um, and you guys have talked about, I'm, I'm friends of the show. I'm, I'm really glad to hear our status, um, for, for you guys to say our status out loud. We're friends. Um, but a couple of years ago, as you guys know, I went through the incident um, with, uh, you know, as a basketball coach at Intermountain Christian. And uh, the night of the trial, 
um, I found myself on the piano back at Intermountain Christian School in the gym, and um, I actually wrote the rest of what we know now is Hold On. So um, that, that's kind of uh, my, my process, and, and it's kind of how the song came about. The inspiration um, definitely came out of that place um, where I dealt with some, obviously, some direct um, racism, and, and that's kind of what we're seeing today in, in our world. So, Review for our listeners what happened there, Tim. How much of a review do we have time for? No, I'm <laughs> um, no, I mean I was I was coaching at a. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to refrain from naming any names. Uh, you guys can feel free to name as many names as you want. But uh, a, a small town here in Utah, uh, where I experienced um, some racial slurs being uh, yelled at me on actually two separate occasions uh, by a few different fans, um, where I was caught uh, an effing N word. And uh, on, on a couple of different occasions, and uh, we ended up going to trial with the Utah High School Athletic Association, and um, I feel like they did as much as they could do. Um, but it definitely uh, it definitely opened the eyes, um, or, or at least brought to the brought to the state. I think eyes have already, always been open to the, the problems that we have um, here, but it brought to a bigger platform um, some of the issues that we have. And just to, to add on to that or, or comment, if you can, Tim, I remember when we had you on talking about this, you were frustrated and, and understandably so. I was frustrated to hear about it, at how it was handled and some of the reaction to it on what an issue that that seems to be uh, very easy to, to distinguish what is right or wrong. I remember your frustration with the reaction of some of those involved that that <laughs> didn't view it that way. Yeah, yeah, I was frustrated, and I and I think um, I mean as we're learning, um, this is not just a just a you know one state or or two state issue. Um, this is a nationwide issue, and I think we've gotten we've grown so accustomed to um, sweeping it under the rug um, in a lot of in a lot of instances, and and so yeah, I was frustrated back then, um, but I think where we are today kind of speaks to what we've always you know kind of been experiencing, and so I'm really really excited. Um, not only that it's come to the forefront, but I'm excited to be a part of a project that um, that produces hope, that really brings out the message of hope and and uh, and through tough times, you know, um, I'm just really excited to be a part of the change through through music and through encouragement. So, uh, one, are you encouraged by the, the the mass protests that are going on? This is for both of you. Uh, are you encouraged by that? And if you had counsel for our listeners as far as what they can do or what they should do or what attitude they should, what action they should take, what would you say? Um, I just, okay. Uh, I just think everybody should um, just understand the purpose why uh, we're doing this and, um, just to keep everything as peaceful as possible. Uh, I know at the beginning it was a little out of hand, especially, I mean, across the, the country and uh, even here in Utah a little bit. Uh, I just want everybody just to just to remember the purpose for it. It's, it's about um, something that's been going on for so long and kind of swept under the rug, but now brought back um, to the light due to, you know, technology and stuff like that. You know, we know it's never gone away. Um, but now it's just being exposed more. And so uh, just to have a, you know, have that always in the back of your mind that, 
this is this is for a cause, uh, not only for our country but for the world. Um, you know, we're all human. Uh, we are all of the same species, and um, you know, togetherness is is what we're all about, uh, regardless of what background we come from and everything like that. And so that's what I would just tell um, anyone who's listening right now, uh, just to keep that in mind. You know, I, I think to add to, add to that, um, I would encourage I would encourage those who um, may not understand, or those who really don't understand because you can't necessarily understand. I would in, I would encourage you to be intentional about um, creating relationships with people who don't look like you, or with people who don't think like you, or with people who have um, different experiences that uh, that allow them to see the world differently. Um, I think you know, and I'm learning in the last I don't know six days. I've had several conversations with, um, with with people that I consider friends who um, who don't look like me, but are seeking understanding. And I would encourage men have tough conversations, um, but the only way you can do that is through developing real relationships with people. Um, and so that instead of there being sympathy, which I think there it's been sympathy for a long time, but I think there needs to be empathy. Um, and, and and I think we all know um, the difference. So I would just encourage like authentic relationships with people who don't look like you. Uh, with people of color, um, you know, continue to stand. I think it's clear now that silence is not really an option for anybody. Um, your silence is communicating something as well. So um, I think I think it's an amazing opportunity for our country and, like T said, for our world um, to really, really figure out what togetherness looks like and let's all go after that together. All right, a question for both of you uh, on a little bit of a lighter note. Uh, the song is Hold On, and uh, on the song, uh, you've got, of course, Tim and Terrence Drisdom, who we're talking to right now, but C.J. Drisdom, Chris Drisdom, your niece, Perry Drisdom, was involved. So starting uh, starting with you, Terrence, who's the most talented musician in the family? <laughs> Man. Be honest. Be honest, bro. Well, I mean, Tim is the only one of us that plays two instruments. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I would say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my that's 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 me. I'm a big fan of all my brothers. Um, but uh, I was I would say I would say Tim is probably the most gifted musician out, out of all of us. Um, yeah, that's my that's my that's my final answer. Who's got the best voice? This is your question, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're on the road. Go ahead. You already told one lie. <laughs> nah, uh, I'm, I'm going to say this. Go ahead. I, no, I'm going to say it because you you've had your chance to be honest, and you clearly can't. You're not. You're not capable. So, I would say the most the most talented musical person in our family is definitely Terrence. Um, there are there are things that I can um, that I there, there are. There are different proofs that I can point to in order to prove that point, but just take my word for it, guys, since we're friends. Uh, Terrence is definitely the most talented. He can rap. He can sing. Uh, his his pen, uh, his penmanship as, as a writer, he's an amazing writer. He's an amazing producer. Um, he hears things that other people can't. He's the most creative. Um, in terms of the voice, the most talented singer in my family other than, I mean, out of our four brothers is definitely my brother, Carrie, CJ. Um, he sure. can do a ton of things with his voice that none of us can even think about doing. Um, and he's actually been vocally trained. So he's pretty special when it comes to that. 
Um, I'm the guy who makes everybody feel good, and I trick everybody into believing that I can do certain <laughs> things. That's kind of how that goes. <laughs> they are Tim and Terrence Drisdom. The song is Hold On. Austin and I both uh, tweeted out uh, a link to it. You can find it on YouTube. Also featuring CJ Drisdom, Chris Drisdom, Anise Perry Drisdom as well. And guys, uh, congratulations on the song. I at last check, let's see here, over 13,000 views, was, which is absolutely amazing. It's been our pleasure to have you on the show to talk about it. Thank you both. Thank Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Uh, Again, the the song is by Ernie. That is Terrence's uh, uh, performing name. It's called Hold On, and uh, we tweeted out those links. And if you stick around at 5.30, we're going to play the whole song for our listeners. We're going to throw the whole thing right there in the middle of drive time. So stay tuned for that. Big thanks to them for coming on. Would that be as a part of uh, Sounds of Various Clips? That That will be Sounds of Various Clips today. Okay. I'll look forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, those uh, like, uh, well, love having those guys on. That was, uh, I think that was a good perspective. And I like it that we're, we're highlighting a, a, a piece of art that means something and says something and gets a message out there. I think it's pretty cool. You know, there's nothing, there's no group of people who can really uh, get at one another in a fun way than sisters or brothers, yeah. isn't it? No I mean, doubt. <laughs> No doubt about it. <laughs> well, you weren't honest about that. You're incapable <laughs> of being honest. Love that stuff. All right. We'll have more coming up next. We've got the Not Sports Report. David Locke at 5, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time for Gordon's favorite segment of the day. That is the Not Sports Port, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going all over the place, but let me uh, just rattle off my list of stories here, okay? The first one is, did you read the story about the dude who uh, who buried a treasure somewhere in the Rocky Mountains, and then uh, wrote like this essay slash poem that we gave hints about where the treasure was. And the, he, he uh, hit it like 20 years ago or something, and people have been looking for this treasure worth millions of dollars, and apparently somebody just found it. I know. I We were talking about this during the break, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out where in the Rocky Mountains uh, he found it. He won't well, say. Neither will yeah. Forrest Finn, the guy that buried it. The apparent, yeah, apparently the guy does not want to be identified. I Forrest Finn did say that it is somewhere that a 70-year-old man or woman would be able to get to easily. Wow. Oh, wow. All right. That is, that is why well, I wouldn't want to be identified either, by the way. I wonder how much time has been spent seeking some buried treasure somewhere or sunken treasure and... Uh, yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know. This yeah. says 350,000 people have been out looking for this thing. Yeah, there's a whole subculture of treasure hunters, isn't there? I mean, that's... Worth over $1 million. That's what people. some people do with their pastimes. Ah, I might start doing it. 
I found a way that the man can, uh, whoever uh, found the treasure, what he can spend some of that money on. Designers are designing this super yacht that is like uh, an aircraft carrier, and it's got uh, it's <laughs> it's got a huge pool. It's got uh, it's got a golf course, like a three or four hole golf course on it. And uh, that that golf course is retractable so that you can land jets on it as well. Jeez. I don't know what that's going to go for. How many billion is that going to cost? Do you have you already have your uh, order in? <laughs> no, I don't. No? But uh, uh, I saw pictures of Michael Jordan's uh, $8 million fishing yacht that he caught that 442-pound marlin in that fishing tournament that's off the coast of Carolina. Which, by the way, he has the most brilliant boat name. I love yeah. his, his boat name. Catch-23. Catch 23. That's yeah. amazing. That is that amazing. Is what was that the boat perfect. name I came up with recently? I can't oh, remember. Oh, yeah, it. you did come up with the boat name. It must have not it? been that great. I don't know. It's got the print. <laughs> You get me print. a pontoon boat, and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to end up with a grass skirt and a coconut bra. <laughs> it's got the uh, it's got the print across the side of the boat that's uh, on the Air, uh, the Jordan threes, you know that kind of what is that an elephant or a zebra print of some sort? Uh, anyway, and by the way, he's got another he's got another boat as well. He's got an eighty eighty million dollar yacht. It's like two hundred and fifty feet long. Good to be Mike. I guess. And then there's finally this story. The, you know the world, how tall would you guess the world's tallest dog is? Ten feet. Ten feet? Come on. Clifford's taller than that. <laughs> no, the real answer, ten feet. The real answer is seven feet. Uh, it's uh, a so dog. you weren't that far off. I wasn't that far off. How preposterous of a number well, for you to... Ten, ten feet is, oh, you know. Anyway, his name is Enormous Freddy. He's a Great Dane. And he's also the oldest living Great Dane on the planet, according to this story. But he's only eight years old. Do Great Danes not live long? I don't believe dogs of that stature live long, period. Yeah, big dogs have a shorter lifespan. Well, you have great, stomach issues and things. When I was a kid and I was uh, collecting for my paper route for the Philadelphia Inquirer. That you threw in the river. We, uh, my, my, my sister went with me one time just collecting and uh, we like to talk and whatnot. And we were going past these people's house that we knew and uh, they had a great day in the backyard. And so we went up to the fence and this Great Dane was huge. I mean, he's bigger than me. I was 12 years old at the time. And my sister says, let him, let him get used to you. Put your hand over the fence so he can <laughs> get familiar with you. Well, apparently he didn't like that. And he, oh, I still remember this day, his mouth, his giant mouth opening up and me starting to pull my hand away. And he clamped down on my hand. And bit me, and I had to go to the hospital and get stitches in my hand. Jeez, that sounds terrible. That that Great Dane seemed like he was seven feet tall, but he not only is he the tallest dog in the world, he's the oldest Great Dane alive. So, How about anyway. that? Hmm. Yeah. 
All right, let's get out of the zone phone. David Locke joins us coming up next. Uh, joining us now, however, though, our friend Gabe from Syringa Networks. Check him out online, syringanetworks.net. And uh, Gabe, you guys are perfectly suited to handle the challenges of, I guess, uh, business during this pandemic and handle the changes that we'll probably see evolving going forward in uh, terms of telecommuting. That, that, that is indeed the case. Yeah, the, the wider range of products and services that we offer um, really in, in, in the telecommunications space, whether it comes to uh, phone lines or some kind of video conferencing platform or reliable Internet access or ways to connect or secure uh, your employees at home, uh, we, we certainly offer the full, the full gamut of services that allow ones to migrate into this new normal that we're seeing now. And you guys are local, and people may think uh, local meaning smaller, but the truth is you guys have, and correct me if I'm wrong here, 4,000 miles of cable in the ground? Uh, yeah, it's a little less than that, but around, around 2,200 or okay, so. Okay, all right. Um, that's and, amazing But, but that's still. still a significant number, and it's all buried fiber optic cable, which makes it so that it's, uh, it runs in separate routes from our from other fiber optic cables, so gives a good uh, level of security and uptime as well. And you guys provide, uh, which is amazing, you provide a tech support 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That is correct. That is uh, really what, what sets us apart in terms of uh, everybody else that's in this space is that we uh, are local and we have uh, local tech support and highly trained engineers and technicians that are ready um, to, um, the, to field any calls that you may have regarding issues or if you just want a consultation regarding what to do with with certain IT or telecom issues, we're, we're certainly here to help. All right, syringanetworks.net. Get online, S-Y-R-I-N-G-A, syringanetworks.net. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you, guys. Our friend David Locke joins us next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.